0: Amen. Brother Mike is a blessing. Uh, we went to school together and uh, he's been on the field practically from almost the time we got out of school. And uh, he's got a lot of stuff done over in Zambia. Uh, take your Bibles. He's, a, he's really a good example about what I'm going to preach about tonight. Uh, we're also going to have uh, uh, a Brother Joe yesterday and uh, got a hold of uh, Brother Pilkington and brother Reagan, and we're thinking about having that, or we're going to try to work out a meeting between them two. Uh, it'll be August, a September time frame. Uh, we're not quite sure yet. I got to get Pilkington back. Uh, I talked to him, and he's just got to tell me exactly what dates he's available, and if we can work out a date, we got a date in there somewhere that looks good for us, but if, if it's not his, we got to work it out. Uh, then we got camp. We got a, a meeting, and and it doesn't sound like a whole lot, but when you start trying to ramp up, uh, we, we had a possibility of having 330 kids there this year. Uh, still, that still could fly, could happen. We're moving to a different camp. The kitchen's going to be different. We're trying to work out a few bugs in that. Uh, there's no power, like Brother Joe said, there's no power in the dorms. There's three dorms down through there. that They have power in it, but they don't have air-conditioned heating. Uh, and we told them that we'd come down there and heat. We'd help them do that. Uh, brother Mike and uh, myself, and then we're going to get Rich involved back here because he looks at he he enjoys that stuff. <clears throat> but when we went down there, they have the uh, fellowship hall, uh, the auditorium, which is great. It's all enclosed now. Some things have changed since the last time we've been down there. Uh, they got that all enclosed. They got a telephone pole with a transformer right next to this thing coming down into that. And then from this building, they went down this road about 800 yards, whatever, and just ran 100 amp cables underneath the ground like extension cords to this these uh, dorms. That ain't going to fly. And uh, we went out there and looked at it the other day. I told him, he said, look, you need to have power company come back. He could have done this years ago. And I'm going to tell you, this is just something, Just if, if the problem reason people don't do what they need to do is because they look at too much stuff. Uh, you need to really stop at looking all this stuff out there because the stuff out there will stop you from doing anything. The question is, is do you want to do something? Yes, figure out how to do it later am I going to do this or am I not going to do this? If I know this is what I want to do, then that's what you got to do. And I'm going to talk about something. The time my message tonight is becoming Demas. Uh, Demas, he gets a bad rap of a lot of stuff and he does. He's he's made a couple of problems in his life. Go to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 4. I don't know where I told you to go before, but if I didn't tell you, if I told you some other place, go to 2 Timothy 4.1. Paul's talking. Uh, Paul's a good man. I like Paul. Paul's Paul's got a, a mindset to do what the Lord told him to do and, and that's what you got to do. You can't let anybody else tell you what to do. you can take advice, uh, you can take you can't let anybody else tell you what to do. If the Lord told you what to do, you have to do what He told you to do. And when you start letting other people dictate, then that's not your ministry. now let's go on, let's read this first. I charge you, y'all stay, stay sitting y'all don't have to get up. I charge thee therefore, uh, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is Paul talking now. Who shall judge the quick and the dead at the appearing of his kingdom? Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all suffering and doctrine. A lot of people don't like that. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts uh, shall they heap up, heap to themselves uh, teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fable, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at a hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me, me, a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me. Not now, I'm saying me, but this is Paul, I'm talking like Paul. Give me at that day, and not to me only, but to all them, that's me now, uh, that love his appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For demons have forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed to Thessalonica. Father, bless the message tonight. Lord, thank you for everybody that came out. Uh, Lord, what a blessing it is still to have a church and have something to do until you come back. Uh, bless the service, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Take your Bibles, go back real quick uh, to Colossians. Colossians 4.1. Now, uh, 2 Timothy is Paul's last, last word to everybody. Uh, it's in about 66, they got it marked at 66 AD. Uh, a couple years earlier, in 64 AD, uh, you go down to uh, uh, Colossians 4.12, and it says, Epiphas, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayer, that ye may uh, stand perfect and complete in the will of God. Uh, for, for I bear him record that he hath a great zeal for you and them that are in Laodicea and them in Heropolis. Luke, the beloved fish, physician, and Demas greet you. Now, two years earlier, Demas is sitting there with Luke and he's right there with them. And I'm going to say becoming Demas. Demas, Demas probably, probably was hanging out with them uh, and doing what they were doing, but it was really never what he should be doing. Demas was doing something he shouldn't because it never stuck, brother. What I'm going to tell you all tonight is: we start doing stuff, and you got to watch. And I, I've watched a year after year, people we start getting irritated with each other and all this other stuff. Uh, you got to watch what God told you to do or allowed you to do. First of all, the ministry is the Lord's; it's not ours. Amen. We get the privilege to be part of whatever He gives us to do. Uh, and sometimes you just have to. Doctor Peacock says you have to earn your stripes. Uh, and he told me one time, he goes, "Mike, you earned your stripes." I'm like, what do you mean? I earned my stripes. He said, "You done got the well, you done got kicked and beat up and everything else in the military for 14 years." I said, "Yeah, man, I've had some admirals. Admirals, you can't, you can't explain the language of it. I don't know where they learn to speak like that. Uh, It is, is strange how they learn. uh, But they can yell at you, and they just know how to yell at you. And they, they may or may not be serious, but if you got a sensitive uh, demeanor, you'll take them the wrong way. I always just like, Captain." Yes, sir, sir, whatever you want, sir. I'll do whatever you say, sir, as they're yelling at me. And uh, I know, it's, they, they, I had a captain kick me out of his office one time during the captain's mess. That's one of the most serious things that ever happened in the military. They were going to bust this guy, man, take money out, take stripes away. And they started the top ranking official that is, is his chain of command all the way down, my chain of command all the way down. And I'm right in the middle of this thing. And I, I was not at fault. I was not at fault. Captain knew I was not at fault. But he's chewing everybody out. I mean, all the way down this chain of command, he's chewing everybody out. It's uh, just what a captain does, and he's just having fun doing it, and he's just, he's, he's red in the face and steam coming out of his ears and all this other stuff, and he comes to me and says, Penny Elliott, what do you got to say for yourself? I said, no excuse, sir, sir, and I mean, they just took the wind right out of his sails. He said, what do you mean, no excuse? So I told him, and by the time he got done, he done kicked me out of his office, yelling and screaming at me. Uh, before, he was getting ready to start laughing. He told me that. He told me that later. He said, man, he said, Elliot, you took the win out of my cells." He said, you started playing my game. Uh, He said, you knew what I was doing and you took the blame. Well, the captain, I said, look, sir, you take the blame for everything. Uh, I said, and we need to take the blame. You can't take uh, yelling and screaming and hollering serious all the time. Uh, Sometimes you got to look at it and say, what am I trying to learn here? But I knew my place, I knew exactly what I was responsible for. I'm not responsible for the ship going out to sea and I'm not responsible to sit up on the bridge and have 500 men that I'm sitting here telling them exactly what to do. My responsibility is down in radio and combat and that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna trust the captain to do what he does. And I'm going to trust the OPSO to do what he does. I'm going to trust the lieutenant commanders and the commanders and the lieutenants and chiefs and everybody else to do what they're supposed to do. My job is to make sure the radios and radars work. Now, brothers, sometimes we try to achieve too much stuff. You know what I knew? My, I knew what my job was. And that's what I did. I didn't try to do somebody else's job. We had a, a guy, some of y'all know brother Joe Matthews. <laughs> man, he came on board the ship, worked for me. man. About, the whole ship wanted to kill him. And if you know him, you'd probably want to kill him too. Uh, but, but, I mean, he came on, he's going to tell everybody on the ship what to do. You know, sometimes the words you use are really detrimental to your cause. Uh, Joe comes on, he's an E-4. He is like an idiot to start with. He has no, no uh, longevity on that ship at all, and he's now trying to tell everybody on the ship how to run that ship. He has no idea. Uh, he couldn't even tell you it was haze gray. He'd probably say, well, it's a shade of gray, I'm not no, sure. no, it's haze gray. And the, the rest of it is underway. You get underway, and arr, that's another, that's about the only thing you have to say is R, 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 and the rest of it's okay. Uh, but Joe just went out there and he got everybody mad at him and never could accomplish what he needed to accomplish. You know what Joe's job was? He was an IFF tech. That's all he's supposed to work on. Period. Zero. Shut your mouth and do your job. Now, I'd say becoming demons. Verse 5. Back in chapter 4 of uh, Timothy. Demas, Demas. Uh, well, y'all, y'all hang out there for a second, but I'm going to also go over and look at another verse here. Uh, in in uh, Philemon. Philemon 4, or uh, 24. I want to read that verse, and then I'm going to get right back to Timothy, 2 Timothy. It's not a chiding message, brethren. Just, y'all just got to... you, know, just, you Don't take things personal. We got... We got the privilege, brother, as a church, Anchor Baptist Church, as a church, we got the privilege to put on a camp that people are driving all over this country to come to. I mean, and, and the bickering between us in this church cannot happen, man, it cannot happen. And the reason that happens is we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing, and we're trying to do what somebody else is supposed to, be, or is doing, or we think, brother, d- don't worry about what somebody else is doing. If you got something to do, do it, man. Demas. Uh Marcus, verse 24, Philemon verse 24 says, Marcus, uh, Aristarchus, uh, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. Two years earlier, Demas was a fellow laborer of Paul. Paul, the apostle Paul, he was a fellow laborer, becoming Demas. Demas, something happened to Demas, and Demas got out of out of uh, sorts with whatever it was. It didn't, I don't know what it is. I'm not going to say, it said he loved this present, wore something happened to him, and and uh, he, he pulled off and said, hey, I'll just go out and make a living. And, he, and they said, love this present evil world. That's what he did. Uh, he said, Take, he said uh, Demas, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Uh, something pulled Demas off. Demas started trying to become something he was not. God has given you something to do. Or he has not. And if you try to do what somebody else wants, go to verse 5. This won't be long. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions. You know the hardest thing you'll ever do is suck it up, buttercup. You, you got to, I'd walked on a ship, and I use ships all the time, because that's where I learned what I need to learn. Uh, sometimes, and it took me 14 years to learn it, learn some of this stuff. It wasn't something you learn overnight. I walked on a ship to get something done. You know, sometimes you're supposed to be the servant, not the Lord. I serve my wife. I go get her firewood. I've got stacks of firewood. I serve my family. I serve you guys. You ought to ask uh, Sandy. We was going today, man. She said, uh, I need, man, I get so ticked. I need receipts. And, and Sandy's sitting there. Look at this little smile on her face, man. There's, there's, there's something behind that smile, man. Her and Beth, they're in cahoots. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm sitting there going down, down that list. And I had to call Mike. I mean... I should have kept all the receipts. It's not, I hate admin. I hate it. It's my fault. It's not theirs. Uh, but we go back to admin. We go back there. Uh, and it's, she says, what are all these things? Well, they're hard drives for the computers that's all over this church. I updated all the computers. Uh, what is this? Well, that's a, a, uh, a valve that goes back in the hot water uh, boiler so we can have hot water uh, heaters to work. What's this? Well, these are parts for the hot water thing. What's this? These are parts for the, the lighting system. What's this? That's a switch for the lights up here because they're flickering. I started looking at that thing. I said, you would never find anybody to do what I do. Amen. I mean, across the spectrum. I'm not bragging. I said, across the spectrum, you wouldn't find anybody to break up concrete floors and move a toilet over that far. You wouldn't find anybody to do that. Not the pastor of the church. You know why churches are like they are? Because the pastor is not the servant. You know why I do what I do? Because I'm your servant. I know you go to the bathroom and you want to flush the toilet. So I make sure it works. And if it don't work, I call Mike and make him, shame him and make him come in and help me make it work. The other day I tore the, uh, the, the, we got the bathroom back here. We got a handicap right in the back back here. The, it's a family bathroom. It's not a bathroom for everybody to go in. If you have a need and you need to go in there, it's, it's going to be set up for, for, I mean, just for people that have issues. Family, have, I got a little thing put on the wall, put on tomorrow. So they, if a dad has his daughter, a little baby girl, or mom has a little baby boy, they can't take him into the, the men's or the nursery or whatever. You can go right in that bathroom and have a little thing on the wall. And you can change the little baby right there on, in the bathroom. I'll put a coat hanger in there. So if we get a missionary and they got a change or we got back. Bath- I mean, brethren, there, there's a bathroom back there that wasn't there for 15 years. Now it's there. Well, it was always there, but it was a piece of junk. Yeah, I caught, so I told Mike, Mike was supposed to come in this week and do it. But I'm in there last week and I'm like, I'm going to shame him. I'm going to go on and tear it out. And then I'm not, I know I'm not going to be able to put it all back the way it's supposed to be. So I'm going to wait till about four or five o'clock and call him. Knowing that he's just getting ready to finish work up there and come down. That's a servant. You know what Mike said? I'll be there in 45 minutes. I'll be there in 45 minutes. (laughs) You know what, 45 minutes, I got here and he was here. I went out and got all the parts. When you come here, do I usually have all the parts? Every single thing that you need to do the job is usually sitting right here. That means I've done running around all over the place all day long to get those parts so that we could get that thing done. You know why we do that? So that you can have church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Comfortably. With heat. But that's being a servant. You know what? You know what I know? I know what the Lord told me to do. And that's what I'm going to do. It's to make sure this building works. Endure afflictions. You know what the hardest thing you'll ever do is learn how to endure afflictions? Because... You get a group of people like I did on the ship. You'd walk on, here's a bunch of sailors. They're all drunks, and you're like, what in the world's wrong with you guys? You're all, you're all skilled and trained people. You're the best of the best of the best in the Navy. you got the most training out of anybody else in the Navy. They spent all this money on ETs. I mean, you're the cream of the crop. You're the top. What is wrong with you? Well, leadership treats them like scum. You know what I found out? If I came on the ship, I'm like, okay. I'll let them treat me like scum. I'll treat these guys like they want to be treated, so I'll figure out what they want and how to help them get what they want so they can achieve something in their life, and I'll make them happy, and I'll make them happy. You know the hardest thing you'll ever do is make everybody happy? It isn't about us making you happy. It's about you making somebody else happy. Now let me ask you a question. When you say something, are you trying to make them happy, or are you trying to make them sad? What's coming out of that mouth? Becoming demons. Brother, we got the privilege of doing some stuff this year. People actually want to be part of our church. <laughs> I'm like, I'm still thinking, why? <laughs> why, would want, why would you want this? I wouldn't. I mean, I, I don't know. I've had to put up with this for 65 years, so I'm kind of used to it now. Endure afflictions. They're coming. There's no way out of it. Afflictions are going to come. You've got to endure it. It's part of the ministry. If you're going to get into this thing, if the Lord has given you, you know what he does? He gives you the grace to endure anything. If, if he didn't have you do something and you're doing something you're not supposed to do, you're not going to have the grace to deal with that. Yeah, and guess what? You're going to lose it. And you're going to lose it on people because you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. If God gave you the ability to do something, you're going to have grace. And you're going to smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. You're going to be like them little penguins on Madagascar. They just sit there, smile, and wave. And they wait for their turn to kill you. That's all they do. You are, you are to watch for them. They, they will go, go to John 16. John 16. This It's is more of a lesson. Lesson, just to get, get you through the year. I don't want to become a Demas. You know, Paul said, he finishes that thing up right there. He said, I finished my course. He says, for I am now ready to be offered. Go on over to John 16. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Paul has endured it. For 30 years, he's endured it. He's endured all kinds. He's endured Peter and John and Paul and all of them. He's endured stoning and, and beating and, and thrown in prison. and being all. I mean, he's got a whole list of things. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. You know, a lot of times his fight was with Christians, other Christians, trying to keep him from doing what he was supposed to do. He knew, but Paul knew exactly what he was supposed to do. And he did exactly what he was supposed to do. than we each one of us, we got, when we do this camp thing, uh, Tim, I like Tim. Tim is in charge of games. If you're going to be, if you want to do anything with games, you need to do what Tim tells you to do. Or else, let kill Tim and then somebody can take his place. <laughs> they try to do it every year at the game thing, but it don't work. But if you're going to be there and you're going to help, then, then know where you sit. Now, I'm saying this, and we all know this, but brethren, sometimes we get in there and think, I could do it a better way. Don't be a Joe Matthews. No, I, he's going to do it his way, and if you can sit off to the side and say, hey, brother, what do you think about this? What, and if he still says, no, then fine, do it your way. Do it his way. It doesn't hurt. It's only for a week, and it's for a bunch of kids. And, and again, it's the privilege God gave us. You know what God gave Tim? The privilege to take care of games. He didn't get the privilege of logging everybody in all across the country. That takes, that takes a special personality, by the way, to call everybody out. I get people call me all the time like, why don't you ever call me back? Because I am not social. <laughs> I refuse to be social. I hate being social. I am, I am not a socialite. I never will be a socialite. I'm an introvert, and that's exactly what I like being. People say, well, you preach. You can't be an introvert. I'm an introvert, man. Uh, Peacock gets, Dr. Peacock gets mad at me. Well, he used to get mad at me all the time. Now I think he understands me, kind of, maybe. But, but I, just, I just don't like talking on a phone. Now, if you're here, we'll talk all day long. But on a phone, that's not me. That, I mean, I, I, texting, that's the farthest thing from my mind. I don't, Best says, text me. I'm like, I ain't going to do it, man. I can't, 16, John 16. You know what I do every day? I, I'm like the Lord. I, I think I can finish my course. I've done what the Lord told me to do. There's time after time, sometimes I look at other people and say, well, I wish I could. And I'm like, wait a second. I can't be like them. I said, because I'm not like them. I am not this glowing personality that can call 100 people and talk to 100 people. I'm just not that. You know, if God calls you to something and puts you in a position, he puts you there for a reason. You have a certain talent and ability to do something. 16, John 16, 16, one through three. We're talking about enduring afflictions. These things have I spoken unto you that you should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogue. You know, there's gonna be people reject you for what you believe. They're going to hate you. You don't have to do anything. All you had to. I believe a Bible now. I get. Oh man, I seen this black lady today. Kind of rude. Kind of rude. Maybe crude. Uh, but has anybody seen that new Martin Luther King statue over in Philadelphia or wherever it's at? And somewhere over there, that's a new one they got. But this black lady uh, uh, was on. I think she's a comedian or something. I'm not sure. But she was talking, and she was talking about this statue, how stupid it was. Uh, I mean, no head, no arms, no nothing. And it's just, just, it looks like a blob. I mean, it's, and so she goes, Wait a second, and she's a black lady, and I'm sitting here. I'm white, and she goes, "I got to talk to the white crowd right now." And she looks at the white, cr- and she looks this way, like this is only the white people over here looking this way, and she screams at him and yells at him and tells them to sit in the back of the bus. And you're supposed to honor this. And then, and, 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 and she's already said this thing looks stupid and dumb and everything else. But she said, "You guys have nothing to say about this thing. This is our statue." And then she goes, "Now I'm going to talk to the black people." She goes, "What are we going to do? This is stupid." <coughs> and I started laughing, man. <laughs> I mean, you know I mean? She just looks this way like, like only white people are over here. She says, you need to get on the back of the bus and sit on the back of the bus this time and shut it up and honor this statue. What are we going to do? This thing looks stupid in front of the world. I'm like, yeah, man, it does. You know, people are going to reject you no matter what you do. I got a Bible sitting here, and, and our country, just because the government says something doesn't mean that you have to abide by what, the, if it goes against what the Bible teaches. Now, I'm not saying go, uh, you can't, I I signed up to be in the military. I was there 14 years. I did everything. They never asked me to do anything wrong. And I could always deal with everything. And and I had homosexuals working for me in the Navy. Uh, Back then, it was a little different than it is now. uh, But back then, they would get them off. I had a black guy that was a homosexual. And he was one of my ETs. And we had to guard him until they could get a helicopter on the ship to get him off the ship. Now, now is a don't ask, don't tell. Now, now it's who cares, man. You can say whatever you want to say. Uh, that still don't make it right if you're a Christian. I said, don't become a demas. There's going to be endu- afflictions. Paul is sitting here saying, endure afflictions. Go on in, in 16, it says, these things have I spoken unto you that ye should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogue. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. There's people who think they know stuff and know absolutely nothing. You know how you know stuff? You read this book. Cover to cover, from cover to cover. You know what's wrong with most people? They talk and they have no data behind them. Men that's read this book a hundred times, you need to, we need to be quiet around them. Just by sheer uh, exposure to some stuff, if you've never read your Bible all the way through, shh, shh, you really have nothing to say when it comes to this. You have nothing to say. When he says endure afflictions, when people who start saying stuff, they cause their own problems most of the time. But if you're really saying stuff, if you're honest and truthful, they're going to hate you. Uh, Whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. Paul says endure afflictions. Back to 2 Timothy. You need to endure afflictions. You got to watch for them. They're coming. You know you ought to expect them. I expect them. I've got people, people come up and say, aren't you going to do this about, it? no, man, I expect it. I expect bad things to happen. I expect people to go blitzo on me. I expect people not to like what I say. I expect that. Uh, I, I'm trying to watch, I'm trying to become more, more likable and peaceable and nice. And I'm having a hard time at it, but I'm really trying. Uh, you know, you get, it's like a book, I'm, I'm, I'm too black and white. I'm like, it's, it says what it says. I don't know what to do with that. It's just what it says. Things are wrong and things are right, man. I mean, honor your mother and father. I didn't see any stipulations on that. I've had people try to, uh, hey, I I don't say you have to change your entire life. I got a mom that drives me crazy. She has a son that drives her crazy. It's a fair trade. You know what you got to do? The Bible still says honor your mom and dad, your mother and father. You know what my job is? to help her any way I can. Two Now, she's Catholic? I'm not. I'll tell her, man, she's going to hell. You know why? Because I love her. I said, if you go to hell, you'll go to hell stepping over my dead body. She'll laugh. I think she just does that to irritate me. You're expected. You ought to expect it. 1 Peter four twelve. you ought to expect them. So you won't be shocked. Don't be shocked when it happens. Afflictions come. In our group, here's a little church right here. Each, All of us have stuff to do. But, brother, don't try to get into somebody else's business and stay in their business. Uh, I don't really like to know anything anybody's doing. And when you start telling me, then i got to start getting involved. I don't want to get involved. I just like to think about you as a nice person. And I'd like you to think about me as a nice person. But, boy, when you start to... You know what's wrong with this world today? This stinking, stupid phone, wherever it's at. You can go out into this thing and, and get yourself into trouble like you wouldn't believe... And then all of a sudden you get bitter and angry and everything else. You know what you're doing? You're not enduring afflictions. The best thing to do is shut all that stuff off and not listen to any of it and read your Bible, man. There's enough of it in here. I don't know about you, but I read my Bible and I'm like, how can we be so stupid? I mean, every time I read this book, I, I feel more ignorant, more and more as I read this book. I'm reading it four times a year now. I'm, I'm looking at it. And I'm like, I'm four times as dumb as I was last year. I said, Lord, this stuff is right here written, and, and if I cared about what you would have me to do and nothing else, that's enough to keep me busy all day long. You what you are expected. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. You know what that means? Take some gospel tracts with you and go out there and try to evangelize some people. Try to win some souls. You don't know keep you out of trouble. When was the last time you led somebody to Jesus Christ? I'm not looking for a show of hands. When was the last time you led somebody to Jesus Christ? or had a part of somebody else getting saved? When was the last time you did? You did. Because if you can't put your finger on it, you know what, you're not doing the work of evangelists, that means you're doing something else. God's given us some specific things to do and those things we should do. Then he gives us these little ancillary things to do off the side over there uh, like a tr- well, the church building, is a secondary, This third dairy. You got to have it. I mean, obviously we wouldn't sit out in the field tonight with it raining and stuff and, and listen to the word of God preached. We, we did one night, uh, the, we lost all the power and everything else. And I pulled an old pickup truck up next to the door and ran a cord in here and had a little light. And we still had church, but we didn't have no heat, nothing else. I mean, you, you, but typically people wouldn't do that today. Do the work of an evangelist, which means soul winning, as well as sheep tending. We all want a sheep tin. We want to tell everybody else what to do. You can't tell everybody. You need to do what you're supposed to do. If somebody comes up and asks you advice, fine, go for it, man. But everybody's different. I don't know if you noticed that or not. We're all different. We all think different. I don't know how in the world God ever got a church together. I don't know how Paul, could you imagine the Lord 2,000 years ago walking, I mean, we're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, perfect in everything he did. Even people said he's, he's done all things well, all things, all things well. And he walks down through Jerusalem looking, shaking his head. Everywhere he looks, they're all morons. <laughs> they don't get it. You know what that tells us? We won't get it. We won't get it. And you have to strive to get it. It just takes time to get it. You can't get it by being in, sitting in a church for two minutes. It's a lifelong experience. You've got to learn how to do it. It means becoming Demas. I don't want to become Demas. The whole purpose of this thing is I don't want to become Demas. I want to be here at the end of this year. And if the Lord tarries and we're here at the end of this year and we start another year, I want to be here the next year too. I don't want to quit. I don't want to be like Demas and something catch my eye over here and take me off. That could be anything. Anything in this world could pull you off to the side over here and pretty soon you're gone. You know what Paul did? He was focused. He said, do the work of an evangelist. It means preaching the gospel. That's what the evangelist, an evangelist today, we got the wrong idea. We have them come into a church and try to evangelize us. A true evangelist by the Bible goes out to lost people and evangelizes lost people. Preachers preach to churches. Evangelists evangelize the lost. Missionaries go and start churches to far, far away places. So, but we have evangelists. We got a couple of them out of church here. We got evangelists and the the term evangelist, it's pretty sad when you got to evangelize the church. The church don't need evangelizing. The world needs evangelists. You know what we are? We're all a bunch of little evangelists. When you walk out of those doors and you walk into this world, you're walking into a mission field. If you had your mind, if I had my mind on that, all the little things wouldn't matter. Why? Because I've got got bigger things. I already know what the Lord wants me to do. That's what I'm going to do. It means traveling, taking the good news with you. Go to jails, go wherever you want to go. And he says, do the work of an evangelist, endure afflictions. Go back to verse 5. He says, but watch, watch. That means be aware of what you're doing. Watch thou in all things, not some things, all things. Endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. What does God ask you to do? There, You've got to watch that thing, brother, because sometimes we'll try to get into other people's ministries and, and try to, first of all, the ministry is the Lord's. And it is a blessing that he allows us, as a church, as a body of believers, to even do what we're getting ready to do uh, for uh, Dr. Peacock to even come preach for us. It's an amazing thing. So I mean, it's just uh, t- the way that that whole thing transpired uh, 10, 11 years ago is it's just it, it's amazing how that thing worked, uh, and all the different things we had to work through over the years to get to where we're at today. It wasn't just it wasn't just one one thing, and all of a sudden, bam, here it is. It's a lot of give and take that had to occur over the last 10 years for this to happen. And it isn't, it isn't all, I'm going to do what I want to do, irregardless anybody else. It isn't that. It is, I got to give, you got to give. Why? For the good of the ministry. Well, whose ministry? The Lord's. I don't get nothing. I mean, brother, I was, I was telling, me brother Joe was talking last night. If you do everything you're supposed to do, he says you're unprofitable. Now, if you read your Bible, you'd know that's exactly what he says. If I do everything I'm supposed to do, I'm an unprofitable servant. Well, man, I don't know about you, but I just definitely don't want to be unprofitable. So you know what you got to do? You got to, you got to figure out, here's the box. And in this box... If I wake up in the morning and I do this and I do this and, I do, this and I do this and read my Bible and do this and do this and do this and go out and do this, then I am unprofitable at the end of the day. What am I going to do to come outside that box so I can be profitable to the Lord? What am I going to do? You've got to come outside that box. That's, that's personal attitudes and stuff of that nature. When you start getting like Jesus Christ on that cross, when he said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. He, that had nothing, he wasn't condemning anybody. He was just had a conversation between him and the Lord, and he said, Lord, forgive him. You know what Stephen learned? Down the road, he's getting stoned. He said, Father, forgive them. Forgiveness, grace, mercy, long-serving, those are attributes of God that you don't learn just by reading this book. You learn by the afflictions you go through. Make full proof of that ministry. Where's your fruit at? Ye shall know them by their fruit. Where's your fruit at? You gotta have fruit. You gotta be somewhere with fruit. You, well, Beth cannot say, well, Mike's got fruit. I, no, no, Beth, Beth is over here with me almost every time. I'm, I'm over here working. I hear the, the, the door jar out there. She'll come in, and she'll start working somewhere in this building. She'll be out there working. If We, we went out to Chillicothe the other day. She drove me out there. We went out there talking, uh, and we got some stuff. She, she's with me all the time. I don't think she trusts me. <laughs> that might be it. No, you know what? God has given me a girl that just works herself to death for you guys. You get two for the price of one. And actually, she's the better half. I'm telling you, man, she, she is exactly, I wouldn't be in Dayton, Ohio, by the way, without her. If she hadn't have been here, this kid would not be in Dayton, Ohio. So y'all got me because of her. So y'all need to keep, keep her in y'all's prayers. <laughs> it means that, where's your fruit at? I see Beth, she's up every morning reading her Bible. She puts me under conviction. She's out passing tracks out. We went to, we stopped at a, a man, y'all pray for her because she likes sugar. Sugar just, she's just, she folds, man, when it comes to sugar. Uh, <laughs> she's seen this IHOP sign IHOP, uh, pancakes. But we get in there and the uh, waitress comes over and the next day I know Beth is witnessing this waitress, waitress and I give her a, a greatest story ever told track and we sit there for 20, 25 minutes talking to this waitress. Right in front of IHOP, right at IHOP, at our table and everybody else in the whole place. Lists. You know what, that's what's part of, she started something, I get to get in on it. We get back and forth on it. I ran across a sailor the other day and, and uh, we was talking at Kroger's and, and uh, he was a sub-sailor and we were sitting there talking and, and I went back and gave him a gospel track thanked him for being in the military. And, and you sit there and look at I walked away from the guy and then all of a sudden I said, wait a second, wait a second. I said, we sit there and talked about the Navy. I should have gave that guy a track and I had him in my pocket. I went back and found him in Kroger's and made sure he had a gospel track in his hand. You say, what is that? I never know if this guy is going to get saved or not. You don't know. I was sitting on a ship one day and the phone rang. And it was a guy that was on, I'm trying to think of the guy's name, but he was on the ship. He left, went back to Tennessee, called me up and and said, Mike, thank you. I said, for what? He said, for being a Christian and living a Christian life. He said, I came back to Tennessee, got in a church and got saved. And you and sometimes you have a piece of somebody else's life. You should have a piece of life, making proof foolproof of thy ministry. You know what I know? I've been doing this for 43 years. This is what the Lord showed me to do. I want to be like Paul. I want to say I've finished my course. I I'm gonna do what the Lord told me to do. That's not what He told you to do. He told me to do this. I'm gonna do this. I don't think my kids have anything to do with what I'm doing. I've had people say, How do you get your kids all in church? I let them come to church because they want to come to church. I don't make them, and I accept them just like they are. I don't care what they See, they're not that bad. They could use a little... I guess if they had a better bomb and death, they'd be okay, I guess. Maybe who knows? It, it's meant... You know what? Sometimes we focus on us too much. Brethren, we're a body, and in this body, uh, we get to do things, and we do it as a group, Uh, I thank God I don't have to go to jail anymore. I can. I used to go to jail with these guys and they make me preach all the time. I don't want to preach. It's their, their ministry. It's their opportunity to do something. You say, well, is it their ministry? Eh, no, it's the Lord's ministry. But if I go into where they're at and Tim's there and Andrew's there, I'm going to listen to what they say. I'm going to do what they tell me. You know why? Because that's what God's got them doing. I'm just going to kind of walk into what they're doing. And if I can help them, I'm going to help them. I don't want to hurt the thing. Sometimes, you know what Demas did? He walked away and he hurt some things because he never realized what Demas should be doing. By the way, at the end of that verse right there, he talks about two other guys. He said, uh, Cretan to Galatia. He never said Grecian was doing wrong. And Titus. There's actually a book in your Bible, Titus, under Dalmatia. Those two went off and did the right thing. Demas did the wrong thing. You know why? Because Demas... Never was doing what he should be doing, or he was trying to do something he shouldn't be doing, and he got frustrated. Converts, souls, new converts, rooted in the ground, root them in the faith. Uh, converts who have, you, you teach them and train them. Uh, I like that verse over there where it talks about the lady by the well, and Jesus is talking to her, and she runs into town and tells everybody, Hey, man, there's a guy out here who told me everything I ever did. Boy, wouldn't that be scary? I don't know about you, but if somebody came up to me and started spilling his guts about my life, I'm like, shh, can we go over here? Like, over here, somebody, shh, shh, shh. <clears throat> she runs in town, and she got these guys. I've heard people talk about all kinds of things. But, but she goes in town and convinced these people enough that this guy here knew everything was going on. They went out there, and their response was this. We came out here because of her, but now that we see you, we believe because we see you. It was no longer her anymore. She had a piece of them getting out there. After they got out there, you know what they were? They weren't tagging onto her. They said, no, we got Jesus Christ. This This is the Messiah right here. And they got him. You know what you need to do? I'm telling you, man, if you're going to not be a Demas, you're going to have to get that thing where this thing is me. I like John Mark. He ends this thing in verse 11. He says, only Luke is with me. Then he says, take Mark. That's John Mark. That's the guy who left him earlier. He said, take Mark and bring him with thee, For he is profitable to me for the ministry. You know why Mark has learned? That now I can get in. You know what Mark did originally? He got there and got scared. Or he got involved into something he should have probably never got involved in. And it was way over his head. And it wasn't what he was supposed to do. And he got scared and he scattered. He scattered. He skadoodled. He left. And Paul gets all mad at him. And him and Barnabas breaks up because of that. And later on down the road, Paul goes... The guy's got it now. John Mark is doing exactly what John Mark should be doing. And I can watch him. There's proof. His, his, he made proof of his ministry. Made full proof of his ministry. Your ministry, whatever God's called you, with, this be a mom or a dad, a family. That may be all it is. Brethren, God, in this room right now, there's one preacher. That's me. Is there other men in here that could preach? Sure there are. If God hasn't called you to do that and you step into that place, you could do more damage than what you you could ever imagine in a million years. You know what you should do is enjoy being with the Lord Jesus Christ and the privilege of being able to do something for him. I go, We go to this camp, man, go down there. Here you go. We walk in. No power. So you know what we got to do? We got to go down there and they're going to run telephone poles for 800 yards. They're going to have to run a couple of them, probably. They're going to have to run a couple transformers. And then off these Telephone poles, 13,000 volts, bring it down to 220, drop it down a pole. We're going to run it into these buildings, get power on it, and get air conditioner on it. Here's Joe over here. Yeah, I need you all to do this, 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 I'm like, who are you? That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. He's sitting there going, who? I said, who are you? I'm thinking this. Who are you? We're going to be out there digging the ditch. But, but you know what? Five of us went up. And we run power from a pole about the same distance probably. We're going to have to do this to get power into a building. It took us three hours. You know what's nice about that? Me and Mike was doing one thing. Joe and Andrew was doing another thing. Who else was up there with us? Rich. Yeah, Brother Rich. Would you go over there when we were putting the power in? No, he wasn't there with the power. There was five of us. Uh, there was somebody else. Oh, yeah, Sam Rue. And everybody was doing it. And in three hours... This guy walks up and he's an engineer and he looks at us and he goes, "Man," he said, "we've been thinking about that for seven years, and you guys walk in here in three hours. There's lights on in that building." And he just shook his head and walked away. You know what that was? That was five men who got up there, got a plan. I didn't. Joe didn't come over and say, "Well, I think you should really hook this up like that." Mike didn't do it either, man. Mike, I'm sitting here hooking it up and we're running down and Mike's laying stuff in the table and now they're starting to backfill and then they get on the backhoe and doing this and doing this and, and then I go over to the, the house and start bringing it up here and hooking it up and everybody's doing, everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. And in three hours we were done and we're headed out going to eat steak. Now, brother, that's, you know what it is? Each one of us had something to do in a church like this. Each and every one of us have something to do. If you did what you were supposed to do and not worry about everybody else, what they're supposed to do, what you would find out, what you would find out is this thing would fly. Because people come in and then all of a sudden the Lord, and guess what? It's the Lord that gives you what you're doing. You say, well, man, I tell you what, I I think about some some people out there preaching all the time. I couldn't be an evangelist. I was in the Navy, man. I can't do that. I used to do that, uh, travel all over places, jump on a ship and say, let's go get underway. I can't do it anymore. The truth is disseminated through the minister. Let it live. Make full proof of your ministry. What is your ministry? What is your ministry? This building right here, all the stuff around here, uh, I should never really, I mean, you should want to. You know why I don't ask a lot of people? Because you don't want to do it. If you wanted to do it, you'd be doing it. If I try to make you do it, guess what? I've had people come in here and say, I can help you. Let me help you. Let me help you do this. I'm like, Okay. What, what, what do you want me to do? What do you, I got something else to do. I'm like, go, go, go do what you want to do. I am not going to rush this for you or anybody else. I'm going to take my time and I'm going to tear a wall out and I'm going to do everything behind the wall and I might get me a cup of coffee. I might sit down. I might talk to George and Linda. I might do whatever, man. Jerry may come in. Mike may come in. We may sit down and quit right then and there and not do another thing today. But I'm not going to let somebody rush me into something that I don't want to do. Just like I shouldn't rush you into what you don't want to do. You know what? When the Lord has you to do what you're supposed to do for him, it'll flow. It'll just flow. There won't be any pushback. There won't be. It's just, it'll flow. You know what we need to do? You know what all these other churches are looking at us? Are you all going to make it flow? We're going to walk down into a camp, and the guy's going to need some power running in the three buildings to get AC up. So a bunch of kids can be cool in the summer. I could care less about them being cool. Man, when I was growing up, we didn't even have AC. I didn't know what AC was. And now all of a sudden, you can't have camp without AC. That means you got to put three or four telephone poles in, run 13,000 volts down that telephone pole, put thing, and then have, have a bunch of old guys. Me and Mike's getting old. Mike's getting real old. And you got to sit there and look at things and say, Lord, what is it? He says, what can you know what Mike told me the other day? I looked at him when he was down there. I said, Mike, are you sure you want to do this? He said, this is what the Lord let me do. And I'm going to use him and abuse him because that's what he said he wants to do. Well, let's do it, man. But I'm right there with him. There's about three people, and if Mike's one of them, if he comes up and he says, well, what do you want to do? I said, no, 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 no. What do you want to do? I'm going to do whatever you say do. Is that true? Boss. Yeah, he calls me boss all the time, but whatever he says, that's what I do. Why? Because when he walks in the room, Rich walks in the room, I'm going to do the same thing. These guys are contractors, they do it, I'm going to say, what can I do to help you help me, help you help, you help me, help you, help you help God? What can we do to get this thing done? And what can I do? That's, you know what, Demas never did that. Demas come in, it's about me. It's about me. And two years he was gone. I don't know how long Demas was there before that, But I can tell you, I've watched people come and go over 43 years. It's unbelievable. I'm like, Lord, I'm tired too. I was thinking about that. I said, Lord, you only had three-year ministry. He goes, no. At 12 years old, I was in the temple preaching at him. He said, from 12 to 30, you have no idea what I did. He goes, but that's 18 years. You add that to the three, and that's 21 years. I said, okay, I'll shut up. (laughs) I said, I got it, I got it, I got it. You were here a little bit longer. I said, You were accelerated. You, You had the accelerated program. I never had that. At 12 years old, you were way, way ahead of me. He goes, Mike, one of these days, if you've done what you're supposed to do and you're trying to become an unprofitable servant, then the thing is between me and him. I need to find out, Lord, what would you have me to do? That's what Paul said. If the ministry here, I got a couple things I'm gonna say this, and I will be done. Not to hurt anybody's feelings. If the ministry isn't yours, you'll never invest in it. If God doesn't say, this is what I want you to do. And you know, along the life's way, each one of us, we do something different. When I first got saved, what the Lord would have me do was several little things here and there. And then he added to that and then down here. And today, this is what I'm doing. This is what, not what I was doing 43 years ago. He's added to it. But you know what I've done? I've learned this. I put everything I got into it. If God is really in the thing in your life, then why won't we put everything into it, serving him? You want to be unprofitable? You want to be more than an unprofitable servant? You're going to put everything you got into it that's serving him. Not me. Him. You got to find out how to serve him. You know what Paul said? He got knocked down on the road to Damascus. His eyes were. He said, Lord, get my He said, Lord, what would you have me to do? You know what Paul wanted to do? Serve him. He thought he was until he met him. When he met him, he goes, Ooh, I've been doing a lot of stuff all my life and now ah, was, was all wrong. I, I was talking to a gentleman a while back. He said the same thing. He said, you know, I've done a lot of stuff my whole life and I think it's all wrong. I'm now learning a, another way. You got to be honest with yourself. Paul was immediately honest the day he got knocked down on the road to Damascus. If the ministry isn't yours, And if somebody else says, you're not somebody else. If God has trained you to do something else, you would have that ability. If he didn't give you that, don't worry about it, man. He's he's not holding you accountable to it, so don't even worry about it. If the ministry isn't yours, you will never invest yourself in it. I do what I do because I do it because the Lord wants me to do it, because it's his. I think everything I have is his. I think my money is his. I think my house is his. I think my wife is his. I think my kids are his. My car's his. My clothes are his. It's not mine. It never was. And it never will be. You know what's wrong with a lot of us? We think it's ours. One day you're going to hit the dirt and you're going to take your last breath and you're going to find out that you're going to leave this planet and everything you have stays right here. It's not yours. It's somebody else's. If the ministry isn't yours, you will try to take somebody else's to claim it as your own. That's what Demas did. Demas was trying to be right there next to Paul. I'm going to be with Paul. I'm going to be... And when, when he finally realized... That if you're not there because the Lord wants you there, the closer you get to Paul, the more you're going to go to prison. Ask Silas. You're going to get beat. Ask Philip. Ask ask Stephen. The ministry is the strangest thing in the world. It's great, man. I love it. You say, you're not making this sound very glorious. It is glorious, man. You know, he says, if you want to rule with me, you're going to suffer with me. That's Jesus. You know what I'm expecting? I'm expecting to get hit by a truck. And and survive. That's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting that people get mad at me. I'm expecting that. Why? I'm not trying to make it happen, but if you you mention this stuff in here, people are going to get mad. I can see Paul, man. I bet you he got so many people mad at him. If the ministry isn't yours, you will do more harm than intended, for it was not intended for the ministry which wasn't intended for you. What you got to do is find if I get to be part of something, I get to be part of a church, man. So I just want to be part of a church. And if I get to do something in the church, to me, that's a plus. Now I get to do something. And, and I, it's not that I'm trying to bring in what I have. I'm so sick of people coming in and trying to, well, in we, the old, we used to do it this way. Well, we don't do it that way here. As a matter of fact, I, I don't care how you do it. If you can get it done, do it. I like my cat. My cat was a great cat. He called me up to his office one day. He said, Pedro's Elliot. I said, yes, sir. He says, I want you to do something for me. And don't tell me. He puts his fingers there like his, he puts his hand on his, He says, don't tell me what you're doing. He said, if you tell me, I'm going to have to have you locked up. He already knew how I was going to do it. He said, you're going to do it some way that is going to have to be illegal. He said, I already know that, but I don't want to hear it. I just want it done. He goes, he goes you're like Mikhail's Navy, man. You're like Mikhail." He said, you're going to go do, yeah. he said, it's probably, it, now I never did anything illegal. I just kind of reappropriated government property and moved it around. It was still on the base somewhere. <laughs> and it made my captain happy. But it was so funny when he said it, he, he was serious about it. You know, it's because I, I don't want to ever do it's his ship. When I walked on a ship, it's his ship, it's not mine. What can I do, Captain, to make you happy? Stand on my head, I'll stand on my head. Polish, polish the doorknob? I'm going to ET you. I mean, I was, the, I was a prima donna. I'll do anything, man. Paint the room out, I'll paint the room out. Clean the toilet, I'll clean the toilet. I don't care. I was sitting in, a, in the quarterdeck one day. We was getting ready for an inspection. And I'm down on my, I'm an E-6, I'm down on my hands and knees cleaning the floor on the, on the quarterdeck where you come up on the ship. Because when that admiral hit that quarterdeck, they wanted that thing sharp, so I was down there cleaning up. I looked over and door opened up, hatch opened up, and a full bird 6 my captain, came down there and got down on his hands and knees right next to me and started scrubbing that deck. That guy would never ask me to do anything he wouldn't do himself. And he appreciated everything. When I, I, be, I mean, you, there's times, I got it, man. There's times where just the frustration is there. I was out on the side of the ship. Said, I don't know how the Air Force Army is, Marines. I don't even know the Navy. And they can frustrate you to no ends. You're out in the middle of the ocean, and it's freezing cold. You're up north, and you're coming into harbor, and you can't even see land yet. And they have you standing in line three like this in your whites and sleet and snow. You feel like a postman running down off your nose, and you're freezing to death. And everybody, everybody's belly aching down through here. And I don't blame them. I would too, but I can't because I'm in charge of line three. And I'm, I'm just about ready to break. I'm just right there on the edge, man. I'm getting ready to explode. And I, the hatch opens up. And Senior Chief Floyd Franklin walks out. And he stands right next to me and says, Pedestley, how's it going? I said, great, senior. Shut up, you bunch of morons. And I mean, we just got, it, just shot, it shocked me right back to where I needed to be. And we were out there for two or three more hours freezing to death, man. And we pull into Newport, Rhode Island, freezing to death. You said, What's your ET? Yeah, but he put me in charge of line three. And that means when we pull up to the pier, man, I got to throw my line over the side of the ship so they can tie it up so the ship won't get all beat up and banged up. I said, That's just as important as fixing any radar. I should, I should put everything I got in that thing, man. Captain thought that was crazy. Why? Because if you give me a job to do, that's what I'm going to do. That's what, I don't care what you train me to do. That's what I'm going to do the best I can, possibly I can. You put everything into it. Your ministry is your ministry given to you by the Lord Jesus Christ, and no one can take it from you, and no one else can fulfill it. You can't do what God told somebody else to do. It may look like you can. You may think you can. You cannot. If God gave it to somebody else to do, it's for them to do, not me. But you know what? I can do what the Lord told me to do. There's no room. Here you go. And I'm done right here. There's no room for envy in our lives. There's zero. There's no place for envy. Each one of us has got something to do. Man, we go. You know what I learned? I go to, go up to camp and the ladies go in the kitchen. And I'm telling you, man, my wife, you're talking about somebody who treats me like dirt. When camp starts, she, she and Robin goes in the kitchen. Robin, Robin last year did something to me. I, 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 was, I was mad at her. I'm still mad at her. Had, had, <laughs> she did something. I forget she, I asked her for something, and all she had to do was say, it's in the freezer in the back. She wouldn't even tell me that. I wasn't worthy of an answer. You know why? Because I'm scum in the kitchen. I'm scum. You know what I did? I said, okay, I'm scum. So I just said, I'll go get it myself. I don't need nobody to tell me. To do it. So I went and got it myself. But you get them in the kitchen, and I mean, their mindset is feeding 150, 200 people and making sure the food's all out there three times a day. That means that you're feeding 150, 400 meals a day, 400, 500 meals a day, a day. You know what her and Beth do? They get up in the morning and cook meals. You know what you got to do? Stay out of the way. You know what I do? I go in there and say, what do you need? I need a loaf of bread. And you got to go to the store in Fort whatever, 100 miles away. You can't go to the one right down the street. You got to go to this one. You know what you do? You go there. You shut your mouth, you get in a van, you go there, you come back, and on the way there, they'll call you and tell you they need something else. That's all you do. And you know what you do? You do it because there's 150, 60, 70 kids expecting a meal, and I get the privilege, I get the privilege of jumping in a van and going getting something for them kids. It's a privilege to me. It's a privilege. I'm gonna leave this planet one day. I'm gonna leave the planet. I will be gone. Those kids have to go on. Now, this isn't all about young people. It's about old people. You guys are all here. You know what we got to do? We got to help them. Somebody helped you. And you say, well, I didn't get saved until I was old. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't get saved until I was 22. But boy, I tell you what, there's a bunch of people back in my life before 22. I must have been really messed up. It took me until I was 22 to get saved. Uh, Some of these other kids, like they get saved at 10, 5, 6, 7. I'm like, how did that ever happen, man? I could never do that. 1 Corinthians 3, 5, and I'm done. Who then is Paul, who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believe? Even that the Lord gave to every man. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, I am nothing, I'm nothing. I am an unworthy, unprofitable servant. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither is he that watereth but God that giveth increase. You know what I get the blessing to do? Serve God. And I'm, I'm just hoping when I get to heaven one day, he'll look at me and maybe smile and say, well, you tried anyways. You tried. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. I am now finished, except for this. If you plant, you're going to get a reward for planting. You should be planting. And if you should be watering, you should be watering, not planting. Somebody else already planted. What you need is water the plant. And then you need to wait for it to come up, and somebody needs to go out and reap the plant. All the people aren't doing everything. You need to do exactly what the Lord said. Brethren, if the Lord's giving you something to do in this little church, I'm going to tell you what you ought to do is do that with all your heart, with all your might, with all your soul. Because you're doing it for him, not for me for him. One of these days I'll be gone. And if you're doing it for the preacher, you're doing it for the wrong person. If you're doing it for somebody in the church, you're doing it for the wrong person. If I do it for my kids, I'm doing it for the wrong person. I my kids get to benefit out of it. Uh, but there's a lot of other people get to benefit out of it too. Uh, I mean, brethren, we're doing it for the other churches. No, I do it for the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord says, because you're doing that, I'm going to let you do this. And I'm going to let you do that. And I'm going to let you do this. And then the doors will start opening. But if we won't do for him at the lowest levels, we'll never do for him at the top. We can't. It won't. I've seen so many people over 43 years. They're demons. They became demons. They didn't get what they wanted. They didn't get what they thought they should get. What should you get? man? I should get hell is what I should get. What I got is eternal life through Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I get to go to heaven. And along the way, he gets, you ought to read the book called Pilgrim's Progress. You want a really good book? That is probably the greatest book outside of your Bible you'll ever read. I read it about once every two or three years, and, and I'm, I go through that thing again, and it just helps me remember that my whole life is to go through this life and get to the celestial city. And one of these days, and just to help somebody along the way, and i lose friends along the way, but I want to get to the celestial city. I don't want to be Demas and go off the side Do I think Demas is saved? Yeah, he's probably saved. He's still in heaven. Did he get right? He could have been like John Mark and turned back around later on down the road. At that particular moment, he had forsaken Paul, made the comment. Paul made a comment about John Mark. He he said, no, he can't go to the point where he turned, him and Barnabas uh, got in a big old fight and they split up. Down the road, he said, hey, send John Mark. Send Mark. He's profitable now. Demas could have got right down the road a ways. At the moment it's written in your Bible, Demas forsook it. Two years from in it to out of it, don't become a demon. Father, thank you for your blessings. Lord, we got a year to go. Uh, a lot of stuff going to happen this year. Uh, Lord, uh, we're going to all start ramping up to get ready for camp in, in June or July. Lord, the ladies are going to start cooking and doing all kinds of stuff. And then, Lord, we got a, a meeting in uh, May. Uh, Lord, uh, I'd like to start street preaching. And there's just all kinds of things I'd like to get started again and, and us do. But, Lord, I don't want anybody to do something because they feel pressured in doing it. Lord, I just prayed you'd put your hand upon us. As a church, Lord, you know exactly what this little church should be doing. And, Lord, uh, I thank you for everyone in here, Lord. It's just a blessing to watch it grow the way it's growing. And, Lord, that you're using us. And, Lord, I just pray you continue to use us, Lord, the way you would have us to be used. And, Father, again, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Joe.